You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. another episode of the doctor's companion i'm scott corelli and i'm matt smith but not that matt smith and we're from mindrobber.net the home site of mindrobber productions where we talk about all the things on podcasts specifically this one where we talk about doctor who called the doctor's companion and uh the mind robbers versus where we pick a show we love and we talk about it episode by episode uh currently covering the dc animated universe by alternating weeks between Superman the Animated Series episodes and Batman the Animated Series episodes. Uh, and that show is, of course, a spinoff of our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. Uh, big shout out to Celestina118 for leaving her review. Uh, and please uh, keep them coming because uh, they help. They help. They're appreciated. Uh, but if you, if you have questions, uh, comments, concerns, any sort of thing that you might feel like sharing uh, with us, you can email those to us at, to, at podcast at mindrobber.net. If you want to start a discussion, however, a public discussion where other people can join in and see what we're talking about, then you're going to want to do that by adding comments to the post for this episode and let everyone know what you're thinking. And then, of course, tell your friends uh, because uh, iTunes reviews might not be enough. They might not be enough. Um, <laughs> and and really, you can't really trust the iTunes people. You it's know? true. They're, they're, it's they're, true. They, they, they could be thieves, liars, murderers. We don't know. Not you, Celestina One Eighteen. We love you. Um, but you know, you could be anyone. You could be anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so uh, don't trust iTunes reviews. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but please keep them coming, uh, and tell your friends. Uh, okay, so today we're we're talking about uh, Nightmare in Silver, uh, which is the uh, return of Neil Gaiman and the return of the Cybermen. Uh, actually, in 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 more ways than one, uh, because it's not just the return of uh, the Cybermen; it's actually the first appearance of regular Universe Cybermen um, mm-hmm. in the show since uh, the last time they were around in the classic series. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, and I think that we both were really looking to this, forward to this episode probably since uh, the, the, since the doctor's wife credits rolled. Um, so it's, it's really exciting. And it's cool because this is really the first time that we're seeing a Neil Gaiman episode of Doctor Who. Because I, like, I would call – I mean, yes, the doctor's wife is obviously an episode of, of Doctor Who. But it – isn't like a regular Doctor Who adventure. Like it has an event quality to it because the Doctor is meeting the TARDIS and it's, it's definitely a all cards on the table kind of a story where Gaiman was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to tell another Doctor Who story. So if I can only get to tell one, it's going to be this one. 
Um, whereas now that he's gotten that off his chest, now he can just do, uh, you know, slightly more generic uh, Doctor Who stories, or at least as generic as Neil Gaiman gets. Um, and uh, and so so yeah, so that's that's Nightmare on Silver, and I have to say that it didn't it didn't disappoint at all, and I think it actually. Um, it actually surprised me in a lot of ways because I, I, I didn't know what to expect and I certainly didn't get what I was expecting uh, in a good way. And we got an episode full of really great performances uh, from from uh, Matt Smith and Warwick Davis uh, in particular. Um, and I think we got a really cool relaunch for the Cybermen. I love everything that he added to their mythology. Um, I, 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 I just... I think he made them very really interesting characters and I think he made them he really focused on the idea of what Cybermen are whereas I think in every instance that they've been in the new series uh with you know starting with Rusty Davies era going forward I really think they've been more almost more like cyber zombies than Cybermen um just because they're like sort of mindless hulking things that just walk around and turn other people into them um with no really other thought like that's just their focus is turning people um much like zombies are you know eating people um so i i just i've never been a huge cyberman fan because of that because the majority of the cybermen stories i've seen have all been from new who and i've never really liked any of them that much um, this is the first time where I've like, okay, he did something really new and really interesting with these characters, with these villains, um, and he's brought a lot of cool things to the table uh, and 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 to the mythology. And I'm just, I, I'm really really impressed with this story uh, all around. I really really liked it. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I liked it too. I don't know if I liked it as much as as much as you did. Um... But I, I did think that it was really strong and definitely one of the better, stronger outings for the season um, easily. And it's interesting because, like, you look at it and, and, and Gaiman, I, 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 I think I was a little disappointed because The Doctor's Wife is so good and this is nowhere near the quality of The Doctor's Wife. I mean, that's impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even given a Cyberman story, I think it's hard to ask for a better Cyberman story. But I also think that, like, looking at it, it's funny watching this and seeing, oh, uh, Neil Gaiman is a really esoteric writer. <laughs> he's a very he's a very good writer with a very specific point of view and a very specific imagination. And throwing him in the middle of what have been, you know, mostly okay stories, nothing that's really blown me away. Um, it's interesting coming seeing someone with such a specific point of view and such a specific imagination come in and just blow everyone out of the water purely by comparison. Um, as I think that if you put this in a different season, this doesn't stand out as much. But because it's in this season, it's just uh, – it stands out as great. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where I come out with it. I mean, I, I think there's a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack. But mm-hmm. that's kind of where I am. Um, watching it the second time just made me go like, yeah, I really enjoyed this. But I will say that it did leave me like, well, I don't enjoy this as much as I want to enjoy this. Um, but I think that's the limitations of doing a Cyberman story because there's only so much you can actually do with them. Um but we'll talk about that. So, good stuff. All right. 
Well, before we uh, get into the nuts and bolts, this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition graphic novel collection at 35 to 45% off, plus new release specials every Wednesday at 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping, so thanks to InStockTrades.com. Um, okay, so Nightmare and Silver, uh... Love the setting. Really love the weird game and characters. Uh, love Warwick Davis. And also, apparently, Gaiman has a thing where he's just like, you know, if I'm going to write Doctor Who, I want to make, I want to give the Doctor something really cool to do. <laughs> um, yeah. And he did it. He, you know, I mean, really, I think we're going to look back on the Matt Smith era. And when we're thinking about which episodes Matt Smith really pulled a crazy good performance out. It's going to be this one in the doctor's wife. Um, Mm -hmm. because Holy crap. He's good in this. Um, (laughs) insanely good. Uh, so, uh, I, I'm just really impressed with that. I love all the stuff they did with the Cybermen. I love the new Cybermen. I love the idea that anything you could think to do to a Cyberman is only going to work once, and then it's and it's only going to work on that one Cyberman um, before it upgrades every other Cyberman so that that thing doesn't affect them anymore, mm-hmm. or they can't be tricked again or whatever. Like I love that. That just that just adds the stakes. Uh, like just raises the stakes in a crazy way, much in the way that like in kind of a opposite way, uh, it, it raises the stakes about like what you, how you can stop uh, a Cyberman in the way that Nico in Runaways with her staff only be able to use a spell one time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a lot like that in a way. Uh, and I think that that's – it's just a really cool – I mean it's a gimmick, but it's a really cool gimmick mm-hmm. and, and, and makes sense with them as characters and as threats. And I just – I really loved it. I think it's really great. Um, yes. I love that. And then on, and then on top of that, I love the idea of the new like version, like the Cybermen, you know, 10.0 or whatever number we're at at this point. Mm-hmm. Um in the design, like I love that that version is just humans with this little with like all cyber insides or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really fascinating and really creepy and scary, and allows us to get more of a nuanced performance out of actors, uh, which I think is interesting. An interesting take on the characters. I just I really loved everything they added to the Cyberman mythology in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that if there's a problem it's just like i i wary of of things getting too invincible but the thing that makes it really interesting is that gaiman still thought his way out of the problem i mean at the end of the day they still blow up the planet um Mm -hmm. but uh, you know the the solution is solved because the doctor manages to outthink the cyber planner and he keeps doing it and doing it in ways that are surprising and fun and are wonderfully set up earlier um and and done through lies and trickery, which are which is a very um, almost Tom Baker thing to do. Like mm-hmm. the fourth Doctor will just blatantly lie to a villain's face, and the villain will just be like, "Well, you're the good guy, so I guess that's true." <laughs> um, and I like that. And I but I agree about all of the things about the Cybermen that are really cool. I, I'm not I'm not huge on the design. I don't like the sleeker, uh, cooler Cybermen. But that's just because I'm a huge like I'm really old school in my Cybermen love. Like the more I think about it, the more I think that the 10th planet is honestly the best design the Cybermen ever had. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I know I'm like probably in the minority on that. Um, because I don't like. I mean, I like the Cybermen being robots, but they're much more interesting when they're more than robots, which I like here because they kind yeah. of make them more than robots. Um, well, and that's that's what I prefer. That's what I like in yeah in in that aspect. I like the fact that they're because that's where they start got their start was that they're. That's um, because I I mean, that's the problem is like, uh, I like that they're Cybermen, not robots with human parts on the inside that we don't know are there unless we cut one open and look. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Because it's like missing the point of the horror of what Cybermen are and what they represent. Mm -hmm. And there have been very definite attempts in the in the Moffat era to remind you that there are people inside the Cybermen and, and Davies too, to a certain de- degree. Um, like Davies, you know, made a very specific choice in a couple of his stories to, uh, to point that out. But, you know, Moffat in Pandora opens has the Cybermen with the, with the head popping out the skull and the, uh, put it locking Craig in one inside in closing time. And this like kind of just takes it to another level, which I really like. Cause you know, you get the, um, the the Nathan Turner Cybermen and they're just you know robots like <laughs> they don't even try to be anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean like the, this is all over that like the exploding Cybermen heads is just classic like old school like it is a Nathan Turner thing like I just imagine that's something straight out of like Earthshock or Attack of the Cybermen watching that sort of thing happen, um, which I like and does kind of reinforce that. It's just that my point is that I look at look at the design and I'm just I'm always turned off by something that's a little too sleek and a little too robotish. Um, but you know I'll take what I can get. I'm not, <laughs> not being super picky about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean I mean there's that. And what I love also is that you can tell that like you said. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you if you said this or here or where we uh, before we started this recording. But Gaiman is clearly coming at this from a fan perspective. This is like what he wants to see in mm-hmm. a Doctor Who story. And you know, not only is the exploding Cybermen heads a send up of Attack of the Cybermen, but you look at you look at the Cyber Planner. That's a reference to. Um, the invasion you look at that he talks about the cybermen being asleep in tombs that's tomb of the cybermen and then you look at um the basis of the story claire spending the entire time spent hanging out with space marines which is straight out of earth shock like i just i saw space marines and i was just like oh we're in earth shock territory again um and military versus versus cybermen mm-hmm. is just like straight say but but i love that they're still like they're they're the they're the game inversion of of the military which is that they're the reject team <laughs> which just made me yeah. laugh and i was they're, just like wow you can't even you can't even like not gamanize the military it's hysterical <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i thought was i thought was so great and so specific like i love i love that and like i mean that's but that's the thing that gaiman does is like looking at compare this to just last week where the crimson horror is not very specific mm-hmm. if you look at it it's a very generic story mm-hmm. um looking at this it has a specific point of view about the Cybermen, about this world, about this future mythology, which I think he said was like a quarter of a billion years in the future. Um, uh, where the Cybermen have been, where they've come from, the, how you defeat them, the politics of it. And all of those things just really stick out to me. The Emperor, the fact that there's an Emperor in hiding, that the Emperor asks a woman to marry him at the end, all come from like that game in fairy tale aspect where the guy mm-hmm. just creates worlds and it's and it's it's leaps and bounds ahead of anything anyone else has done this season um mm-hmm. and and i mean anyone uh i haven't seen i haven't seen world building this good since uh girl who waited or the god yeah. complex like it's been about that long um uh because moffat isn't building worlds anymore and 
no one else is no one else is even trying to. They're just trying to dump him in a story. Um, so I mean, I like that. I, I like that here, and it's one of those things where it's just like it's telling how much getting just one good writer <laughs> mm-hmm. can really just up everything um uh, it's amazing how much he is able to dump into 40 minutes too yeah uh, like this felt like i mean it, it just it felt like a classic who story in in how much uh, material it it burnt through in 40 minutes uh and and how much the story like all of the ebbs and flows of the story had mm-hmm. felt like a classic who story um yeah. and which was really interesting i think mm-hmm. And it also it also reminded me uh, of uh, Celestial Toymaker <laughs> a bit. It was almost like Game was like, oh, I could do that and make it work. And then he did. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're not wrong, I guess. Um, <laughs> and you're talking about the chess, right? The chess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I loved that. And, and that yeah. was one of those. I mean, it's just one of those dopey conceits where it's like, uh, they're at a stalemate, so the doctor's just like, "Well, how about you? Chal- I challenge you to this game," and the and the other guy's just like, "Well, okay," and it's like you clearly have the upper hand here, and you're giving yourself up for it. Like it's just totally silly, but it totally works. Um, and, and I and I love that the doctor's playing chess against the Cybermen, especially because like I don't know that it feels to me. I don't. I doubt that a gaming is referencing this, but it reminds me of a of a Mark Platt story. Um, from Big Finish that they did two years ago or a year and a half ago, um, called the Silver Turk, where where the Eighth Doctor teams up with Mary Shelley and uh, visits like a 16th century Venice or something, and comes or 19th century Venice and comes across a a uh, a, a, a Cyberman that plays chess and is a wizard at chess because it's a robot. Um, it just reminded <laughs> me, of, just reminded me of that, and I loved seeing that like i love i love that sort of reference and i don't know if that was a specific thing if if it was just like great minds thinking alike because mark plath's really smart as well um but it just reminded me of that which i really i really liked and then of course it leads to just a really great sort of thing where you know what's interesting about watching the doctor play chess against the cyber planner is not that he's actually playing chess is that he's trying to outthink this guy and i love that game in completely eschews the rules of how chess is played in favor of saying oh well now the doctor's going to do this, and then the cyber planner's going to do this, and it's all built on pure character drama. Like, you put this in front of anyone else, and they try to figure out a way to make the chess interesting in game, and just completely skips that step, and just mm-hmm. says, uh, no, this is about these two people. Yeah. Game is just like, no, guys, no one actually cares about the chess. Because <laughs> he, he, has, he has the doctor even say it. He's just like, uh, either either I lose and he gets everything or I win and he goes back on his word and I still don't get every, anything. It's like, <laughs> you know, and it, it's, it's like that's – yes, of course that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So he's got to outthink beyond the game. So therefore the game just isn't important at all. Mm-hmm. And, it's, it's, and it's awesome to watch, like watching the struggle between – you know Matt Smith and himself, and like you were saying, I mean, I guess we should talk about him because he's the. Oh shit! Just drop something. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, because he's the outstanding piece on this. Uh, Matt Smith is just a genius. I mean, the thing that's impressive is like watching Gaiman just know how to push his actors. Um, mm-hmm. and, and 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 that's, I mean, you just compare it to anything else that anyone else is doing, and no one's coming close. I mean, I've said for ages that Moffat isn't pushing the Doctor in any sort of meaningful way. Um, 
And watching this, it's just like it's just like yes, he's not pushing Smith as emotionally as he pushed him in The Doctor's Wife. He's pushing him in more of a tense thriller direction. But you know, Smith is clearly up to the challenge. People are clearly not using him as well as he can be used, and it just ends up with his uh, his his run being completely uh, coasting. Like he's just coasting at this point. Like no one's no one's pushing him as far as Game has been pushing him, and. You know, it's just it's disappointing to see because I love Matt Smith. I think he's a really good doctor, but you know, no one's doing anything with him. And then it it takes something like this for people to realize that he's as good as he is, or not as underused as he is. People know he's good, but you know, no one's using him, and it's really disappointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, they're just like uh, be silly, and he's like, I, but I, that's what I all I do. I'm a I'm a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so then they finally give him something interesting to do, and he just sinks his teeth into it, mm-hmm. and uh, and does it with a plum. Like it's just this is just scene chewery. Like yeah. he's just chewing. He's owning every scene that he does and switching so quickly and doing it masterfully. Like there's points where the cyber planner is pretending to be the doctor, and you're actually not quite sure, mm-hmm. which is really impressive. Like and and that's not. I mean, none of that is easy to do, and it's and it's it's it's, it's stunning to see what it's like when you put the doctor in the hands of someone who's interested in pushing that guy to his limit. Um, and it makes me look back on the rest of the season and go, nothing is as memorable as this. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing is as memorable as the doctor doing this. Uh, hasn't been for a while. So, uh, people, you know? I mean, it's just, like, I don't know. It's just why I'm just less and less interested in the Moffaters because, you know, this is the exception, not the rule. Uh, and that's a bummer. Right, uh, right. <laughs> Well, hopefully we're nearing the end, right? Right. Hopefully! <laughs> We've got nothing but Moffat to look forward to for a while, though. Yeah, well, we're, you know. We're at that point now. Oh, oh, good, good. Well, we've hopefully... We've got one... We've got at least one, two, three, four Moffat episodes in a row to look forward to. Yeah, because I didn't even think about that, because the first episode of Series 8 is almost surely going to be Moffat. Yep. Yeah. That's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, Oh, happens, happens. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention really quickly is um, uh, the use of Clara in this. Um, because I guess I've been really hard on Clara. I don't know. But it's interesting how when you just give her something to do, even if it makes no sense with her character, Jenna Louise Coleman is just like, no, I'm capable of doing more than just sitting around, which is what she's been doing for seven episodes. Because um, uh, she's really good in this. Um, yeah. And it's amazing that she's been around for seven episodes because she hasn't done anything, so it doesn't feel like she's been around for that long. Yeah, it, nothing she has done has been memorable. Uh-huh. And I know that I'm the, I know that I'm not the person that you want you want to hear saying that the people who think that the Moffatair is really great. But it's like, what has she done that is as energetic and life giving as this is? Like she's just kicking ass and taking names here, and I don't need her to kick ass and take names. I just need her to not be a fly on the wall, mm-hmm. which is all she's been doing. And it's like, clearly they they hired her because she's very good, but like. Everyone before, before, unlike everyone before him, Gaiman is clearly doing something interesting with her. And you can tell that she's on board with it because she has no idea. Uh, it's dumb. So dumb. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so I think, I think it's funny that Gaiman was like, so I, I, I want to have kids in my episode. And so... As far as I can tell, 
Gaiman says, I need a pair of kids in my episode. And Moffat was like, Moffat goes back to his first episode with Claire and is like, and she's been a babysitter. So there. <laughs> Problem solved, Gaiman. Do whatever you want. <laughs> That's really what it feels like. <laughs> You're not... I feel like they don't they don't have any purpose in the grand scheme of the show other than to be in this episode. Yeah. And even in the grand scheme of this episode, what did they do? Uh, They needed kids because the Cybermen needed kids. They were the impetus to get the plot moving. No, I I got that. I'm just saying you're still reducing children to plot devices. (laughs) Right. but, But but. He they they were necessary plot devices. That's that's the thing. I I got you. Still plot devices. But I mean, like necessi- the the episode doesn't ha- happen. Period. Without them there. <laughs> no, I I know. I hear what you're saying. I'm also saying that like you're still putting a bunch of kids in there and then just using them for the first ten minutes and not really doing anything with them for the next thirty five. Um, which I think is just like a little. I mean, it's just a little problematic to me. It's like, it just feels like a waste of space, especially because like, you know, going into this episode, tons of people online are complaining. Like, why are you putting kids in Doctor Who? This is insane. I don't want to see kids in Doctor Who. Why would you do this to me? I don't like it. And I'm like, guys, first of all, if anyone's a fan of the Moffat era and you are opposed to kids being here, why are you watching this show? And two, (laughs) two, I mean, maybe he'll do something super interesting with them. And really, they're just kind of there to get body snatched. And that's fine but they just didn't do anything beyond that which i felt was a little problematic i mean i didn't affect my enjoyment of the episode very much but i still thought it was problematic mm, i disagree sure and that's fine You're i don't to. i don't You're i don't have an issue with that they don't they don't need to serve another purpose than that they're just they just it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just don't i i don't i don't feel that every single character needs to have a purpose a grand purpose uh in the episode they they had a purpose they served it and then they were sidelined uh see every classic who story ever made um (laughs) 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 argue argue against that argue against that logic yep you can't (laughs) so i'm just i'm just saying like i don't Gaiman goes into the story and he's like, okay, what, why are the Cybermen coming back right now? Well, it's a theme park. So maybe the Cybermen need kids to do something. So then I need kids. So where are the kids coming from and why are they coming in now and not before? Oh, the doctor brought them here. Problem solved. Right. No, I I got that. Yeah, that all that all makes sense to me. I just wish I don't know. I just wish that they'd been a part of the end game somehow or mm. used in another way. Like that's that's my that's my thing. I understand why they're there. I understand why he needs them, and I understand that it fits into all the plot. I just wish that they had been there for more than just plot. Mm. Which is just I mean that's just my thing. Which is which yeah. is silly to well, say. Well, I mean Doctor they do so it. They they are for they are at a cert for a certain aspect, but it's still not them. It's what they do to Clara because Clara takes on that badass leadership role here um, where she's essentially babysitting the military team and it really feels like she's compensating for something which is that the kids aren't listening to her Um, Mm -hmm. so uh, they have another purpose yeah no no that's true and they do that I just want them to do something oh (laughs) 
I, I mean, that's my thing. But they're not real characters. They're just for this episode. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm sorry. Like, in an ongoing show, like, I don't care about guest stars. Like, they don't need to do anything. Maybe that's maybe that's where we differ, but like I I couldn't care less about guest stars. They don't I they don't need arcs. I don't care. They're guest stars. They can just show up, serve a purpose, and leave. I, I get that. I just find that that leads to disposability within Doctor Who because Doctor Who is built on guest stars because they're at a different place every single uh, episode. So like I don't know. I feel like they need to do at least something with them that is more than just plot. I mean, I see your point and I don't think you're totally wrong um, or even super wrong. I just think that it's just like, it's just a me thing. It's a me thing saying, look, if you're going to have something on the table, use all your component pieces, Mm. Uh, like compare it to, you know, the doctor's wife where everything is built on something else. Like, you know, and then again, that had a much smaller cast, Mm -hmm. but you know, use all the pieces on the table. Don't waste like just don't waste. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's just me. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's this episode, I guess. Warwick Davis, so so good. So He's really good. good. He's really good. I love I love him just like being just like just like quietly contemplative and sardonic. Like just mm-hmm. like, do you ever want to be emperor? She's like, no. He's like, good. Yeah. Good. Oh, love him. <laughs> I wish I wish he would get more roles like this rather than just creature roles, uh, mm-hmm. which is mostly what he gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, goblins and whatnot. I I just I really I really like him like this. He should he should get more things like this. It's a bummer. Yeah, I I feel like uh, well, it's a bummer for him because he's really good, obviously. Um, but I think if there is ever any roles where there, where, where Hollywood is like, oh, we, we need a little person for this role, their gut is going to be to get Peter Dinklage now and mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bummer for him. I think. It is. And, and it's also a bummer because like, you know, it'd be like, okay, well we need one role. And it's like, well, what about two roles? Or what about yeah. let's do two things at once? Um, yeah. Uh, but it also is one of those things where it's just like, I love, like, Dinklage is, you know, perfect choice casting for Tyrion Lannister. But Warwick Davis is Tyrion Lannister. I would not be bad. No. I mean, it would not be bad, which is which I really like. Um, yeah. Yeah, which I had never considered before, but is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Warwick Davis, really good. Really good. Really good. Also a lot younger than I thought he was. Yeah, I thought at this point he was he had to be like pushing like in his fifties, maybe pushing sixty. Guy's only forty three. <laughs> he was only twenty two when he was in the Leprechaun. <laughs> that's really that's really young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, guess I forget the fact that he was like a kid when he was in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. always think like he's older, you know, but he, he wasn't. He was like like twelve, thirteen. Twelve, yeah, yeah, yeah. nuts. Yeah. Uh, totally nuts. Crazy put stuff. Him, put him in more things, Hollywood. Yeah. Put him in what more is, things. It means he must have been how old when he was in uh, Willow? Uh, 18. 18? That's crazy. If Willow was like 1988, he was born I, in uh, the guy. The guy hasn't aged since Willow, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. No, uh. no I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you're wrong. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, before we wrap up, uh, we want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic books. 
statues, action figures, figurines, anything you can get from the local comic shop. Uh, you place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials of 75% off. Uh, up to 75% off regular discounts of 40% off ship as often as you like. With orders as large or small as you like, you only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So ship monthly uh, and, and only pay the flat rate. So thanks to DCBService.com. Mm-hmm. Next week, uh, we, 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 we get the episode The Name of the Doctor, which I'm still 100% convinced we will not actually learn The Name of the Doctor because I don't, oh. think, Moff, I don't think Moffat's that stupid. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's that stupid. Then again, there are people at this point who know the answer to that question. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> because 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 uh, that 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 episode leaked. Yeah, uh, it did. Sort of, sort yeah, of. Not yeah. super viral yet. That thing is going to go viral the second it hits the internet. All mm. it takes is one copy, and it's done. It's mm-hmm. done. It's proliferating everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I've looked or anything, because uh, why would I do that? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Let's let's see let's see how that goes with Moffat doing another damned if you do, damned if you don't title. Um, yep. Uh, let's see. But apparently, buzz on the people who did get an advanced copy via the BBC America, uh, all were like, that's kind of crazy. So I, I, I guess. Then again, people also said the Wedding of Rivers song was crazy. So I don't know what to believe anymore. <laughs> uh, no, they said the Wedding of Rivers song was the best episode of Doctor Who ever made. Oh, I, I remember. I remember that. Um, yeah. I also remember when it wasn't. Um, so <laughs> on the other side of the name of the Doctor, we're going back into the classic series and digging back in. Uh, so the week after next, we're going to be talking about the Robots of Death. Um, Tom Baker, classic murder mystery, awesome. Uh, and the uh, we're also going to tag on his book, um, the new Fourth Doctor Digital, which we've been saving just because why not? Fourth Doctor and Leela, let's do a Fourth Doctor Leela hour. Uh, Roots of Evil, mm-hmm. which is written by that one dude. Um, also on. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Uh, also, uh, The Rescue, which is the first Doctor story in the introduction of Vicky. Um, the Impossible pa- Planet, The Satan Pit, which is the 10th Doctor story. Wheel in Space, uh, which is a Cyberman story, second Doctor, and not very good. Um, and Arc of Infinity, which is a fifth Doctor story uh, uh, with Omega from uh, The Three Doctors. Also, somewhere in there, Tip of the Tongue, which is the fifth Doctor uh, ebook. Uh, don't know where. Part of me wants to wait till Arc of Infinity, but that's a really long ways away, and I don't want to get too backed up on them. So, mm-hmm. um, although we will have uh, Attack of the Cybermen shortly after that, um, to do the Sixth Doctor story. So I suppose that's true. Yeah, we're not. We wouldn't be too backed up. I think well, maybe we could wait. I think maybe we could. All right. Well, we'll probably cover tip of the tongue with Snake with not Snake Dance Arc of Infinity. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes with the Sixth Doctor. We might have to backload them a little bit later um but whatever it'll be fun yeah. it'll be fun it'll be good yeah. um and 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 also <laughs> coming up is episode 150 which uh, we already know what we're doing for that and it's gonna kick off stuff that scott is not too happy about but we're gonna do it <laughs> we're gonna do it and it's gonna be something uh so <laughs> did i forget uh, what yeah what? yeah I... uh, i'll tell you i'll tell you as soon as we're off mike okay oh boy, oh boy. anyways <laughs> okay um Oh, is that already coming up? Oh yeah, my god, that's that is where it coming is. up. That's oh. where it is. <laughs> I'm excited for the first part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, the first one's gonna be good, the fourth one's gonna be good, but whew, let's end with let's end with that train wreck. Uh. Good lord. Okay. <laughs> um, alright, so that's that's what's coming up uh down the pipe. In the meantime, though, you can follow us on Twitter on twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, where I live tweet things from time to time. Um, 
full spoilers on those things, uh, I suppose. Uh, so if I'm if I'm live tweeting something that you are not interested in knowing things, unfollow me for a while and come back. Um, <laughs> I I'd honestly I don't you know whatever I don't do what you got to do. I don't mind you if you unfollow and refollow whatever. Um, <laughs> So uh, that's that. Uh, also, make sure you're listening to our other podcast, The Mind Robbers Versus, uh, which is uh, taking the week off this week uh, because reasons. Um, and then next week we'll be back with uh, The Mind Robbers Versus Batman, um, as well as The Mind Robbers Versus Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, which we just did start, or we also we just did the Mind Robbers versus Iron Man three, um, which was also on the Versus feed. So make sure that you are subscribed to the Versus feed if you want to hear our reviews of all the big summer tentpole movies, because that's where we're doing that. Um, so so keep an eye out for Star Trek Into Darkness on the Mind Robbers versus feed. Then of course the Mind Robbers, our flagship podcast, where we talk about everything else. This week we're talking about uh, Star Trek, the 2009 film, getting uh, prepared for Star Trek Into Darkness, um, as well as uh, Community season four, which is the Dan Harmon list season of the show. Uh, so lots to talk about there, as well as Rocky. Uh, which is a film that Matt has not seen before this week. So uh, go go check out the latest episode of The Mind Robbers because uh, we talk about things. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Um, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gungadin. Also my author Twitter account, twitter.com slash gdcommentary, where I live tweet stuff. Hopefully plan to be live tweeting stuff soon, but uh, I got a bunch of stuff, so maybe not. Uh, we'll yeah. see. I'm trying to catch up before Smash so that I don't have to do like six Smash episodes in a row, and I can lament that show's uh, Viking funeral along with everyone else who's lamenting that Viking <laughs> funeral. Um We'll see how that goes. Um, also, the OC is where I'm live tweeting that. And uh, God knows when I watch The Vampire Diaries, I end up sending out a couple of thoughts. So that's probably going to happen. Um, also, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, which is my blog uh, where I talked about every Doctor Who story from the classic run. So if you liked any of the mentions that I had for any of the other stories that we talked about in here, like Tomb of the Cybermen, Attack of the Cybermen, Invasion, Earthshock, whatever, all of those can be found at classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, which you should go to and visit. And like Scott said, Mind Robbers, Mind Robbers versus please Mind Robbers versus because that is only going to get better as a show, yep. as yep. it goes on. So, yeah. It's true. Uh, even if you're not interested in hearing our thoughts on the DC animated universe, which shame on you, you should be. Uh, if you think that those are kids shows, uh, watch them. You're wrong. Um, guys, you watch Doctor Who. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so you should be watching those. And, and even if you don't, uh, want to join us for those discussions, then you should be subscribed for our movie reviews as well as uh, future shows that we're going to be talking about, uh, which is we're going to be switching to a very a certain uh, hour long about a high school detective uh, very soon. Very soon. Yeah, her her name her name rhymes with Veronica Vars, so yeah. it'll be it'll be really it'll be really interesting to see. <laughs> um, all right, guys, uh, we'll talk to you next week, in which we probably won't learn the name of the doctor. Bye, bye, yo.